Are we live? All right, we're live. Vigorous Q&A from Columbus, Ohio. I think this is the first time that we're going to do this on location. Fingers crossed everything goes smooth and the internet uh, in the hotel is actually keeping up. We didn't get so many questions yet. I did have, didn't have so much time to announce it on Instagram. So we're just going to roll with it and see what happens. I got a couple of questions from Patreon. Let's address those first. Darius asks, explain side enhancement with GHK Copper. So the way GHK Copper works is by stimulating collagen synthesis. A lot of this is applied topically. You have palmitate GHK that permeates into the, the skin. So you can use that to grow your uh, hair or to remove some wrinkles in your face. Ideally, you combine it with collagen supplements and growth hormone, obviously. Maybe Ivar for additional collagen synthesis. But the way a side enhancement of GSK copper works is because you administer the GSK copper intramuscularly, you get a little bit of this permeation and collagen synthesis at the site of administration. Now, the problem is, is that GSK copper is kind of painful to inject. So the post-injection pain, worse than, um, I would say, injectable windstroll or suspension or injectable trembolone, right? All those suspensions without any ester. Uh, the post-injection pain is a little bit worse, but it's it goes away within five to seven minutes. So as the copper is hitting your skeletal muscle, it burns like crazy. It sucks. But after five to seven minutes, it kind of goes away. And then after that, you get some localized collagen synthesis, slight inflammation. Make sure you do your deep tissue massage therapy because I feel that the GHK copper and the collagen synthesis creates a little bit of adhesions. But if you're able to work through that with some good uh, grassland technique, deep tissue massage therapy, then you can slowly but surely fill out the area that you start to inject. So, uh, well, with this black shirt and this light, you can't really see it, but I was able to fill out my triceps and my teardrops. I don't think it's going to work on larger muscle groups. So if you want to fix your outer quads, that's going to be a lot of GHK copper injections that you need to administer. But otherwise, um, small muscle groups, I think that works pretty well. All right, guys, can you let me uh, know how the audio quality is and how the video quality is? I have this light behind me. I can turn it on. But you see that it flickers a little bit. I'm not really sure how that comes across on the YouTube. So please let me know if the flicker is terrible. Otherwise, I think this lighting is a little bit better. And then we'll just go ahead. Sounds perfect. Okay. I didn't bring my microphone with me. I'm just using the onboard mic. I was able to set it up right now okay a couple more questions from patreon or this from youtube thomas asks when talking about bodybuilding on a budget you always say to never cheap out on food so what kind of foods would you recommend well all the bro foods high quality eggs free range eggs containing a lot of omega-3s and not so much cholesterol and saturated fats uh, free range chicken obviously for chicken breasts chicken tenders or maybe chicken legs if you're in the off season steaks lean cuts you can have a little bit of fat maybe some sirloin some top round tenderloin right many different cuts of steak you can choose from steak don't go cheap on it if you're only going with six to eight ounces per day salmon right i'd lean at least what was it atlantic norwegian i think that's the best quality but that's like 50 dollars a kilo so might want to stay away from that um you know go with the best salmon source you can afford and then some lean fish mixed in uh, in between sea bass uh, maybe some tuna once in a while, some tilapia, right? some flounder, whatever you prefer. Just don't go cheap on these food sources, animal meat sources, because they contain a lot of nutrients, beef, vitamins, iron, obviously containing uh, from the beef that is. And, um, you know, a little bit of cholesterol, a little bit of healthy fats, omega-3s, all that good stuff so you can start growing. Now, let me know how this light looks, and then we can just keep it as is. 
Next question. Social Justice Warrior asks, Sup, sir? Don't think I make it, but I just left a rather toxic relationship this week. Okay, that uh, sucks to hear that. Is it possible that the test and D-ball uh, will have to make, make the breakup easier on me? I'm just thinking about the future, which I don't usually do. Okay, so if you just left a relationship, don't start drowning your sorrows with performance enhancing drugs or recreational drugs. Just get get out there and meet new people, right? The best way to deal with the breakup is just to have a good time, right? Or you fuck our best friend. That usually worked well for me, but I never got dumped in my life. I got rejected many a times, but then you don't get dumped afterwards because you never get into a relationship or that uh, one night stand that you were after. So uh, if you just got over a relationship, man, just fucking focus on you. Do some cool stuff with your friends. Uh, you suddenly got a lot more free time by not having to spend time with this toxic person. So go see the world, go out, go have fun, um, you know, go back to the gym, get in shape, fix uh, or, or yeah, fill that hole that is now there with focusing on yourself. And you don't need to t take test and depot for that. But if you want to focus on you by going to the gym and transforming your physique, uh, test, depot, NFR, whatever performance enhancing drug you prefer, um, will surely help in that journey. So um, right, you didn't you didn't lose anything that wasn't worth losing you gained self-respect and free time that's how you have to look at it right? look at it into a positive sense you have all this new time that you can now spend on yourself and that's exactly what you need to be doing to uh, make that breakup feel a lot easier all right hey steve what's good have you gotten any mris done in bangkok any recommendations could you also talk about heart tests is best for dudes on exogenous testosterone. Thank you. So you can do an MRI at basically all the private hospitals. I decided to go with CRAD Hospital, even though they might overcharge you if you're a foreigner. I like the doctors there. And I believe that, you know, you can do an MRI at Bangkok Hospital, you can do it at Samitive, you can do it at Boomerat. And there's so many private hospitals and the price is going to vary um, from hospital to hospital how long you need to be in there and if you need to do any additional testing before you get into the mri because most hospitals will first make you do an electrocardiogram so you get the electrodes on your chest to see what your heart rate is and it takes like five minutes of course you need to talk with a cardiologist you might need to do an echo right so they Put the echo on multiple angles of your heart to see if you have any left ventricular hypertrophy a regurgitation of the valve what the size of your chambers are on the atriums as well and then after that you can do the mri with or without contrast so it's a step-by-step -step process but any of the private hospitals will be well worth uh, or will be well willing to help you because um you know it's their money and that's the way they operate so I would just uh, start calling around or ask your uh, girlfriend or partner or whatever to call a couple hospitals, go with the best deal, and then make an appointment. You can usually get it done within a week. Um, and see also which heart test is best for deals and exogenous testosterone. Basically everything, right? So um, you have a step-by-step -step process uh, from length of duration or cost. First, you have the uh, electrocardiogram. It takes five minutes with the electrodes. Then you can do a 48-hour Holter monitor to check your heart rate and uh, you know the peaks and valleys of your heart um, over a 48 hour period so you have these same electrodes but you have a little device that you put on your um what is it, on your utility belt basically right your batman belt <laughs> and then you walk around with that you go to the gym you go have sex you go take a shower etc and and just use that to monitor your heart rate over a 48 hour period and then you have the echo then you have the mri you have the ct scan 
And uh, I think that pretty much covers it. And of course, the MRI and CT scan, you have various levels of what you can do with them. So please do as many as you can, because, uh, you know, heart health is very, very important. All right, here we go. Super chat time. JS, 200 milligrams testosterone, 200 milligrams Primo per week, 10 to 20 milligrams Dianabol. Are the dosages too low? Any tips with this cycle? I think those dosages are fine, dude. Um, you might want to up the Primo a little bit to compensate for the Dianabol that you're taking, because, of course, a test in a one-to-one -one ratio with Primo Bolin seems to keep uh, serum estradiol levels in range for most people. You can prove that with blood work. And with the anabol, that converts into methyl estradiol in the intestinal tract and in the liver. So if you take your dianabol sublingually, you get less of the conversion of dianabol uh, into methyl estradiol. But if you want to reduce conversion even further, I would increase the premium of the 300 milligrams. I don't think that the dosages are too low. If I decided to take that, I'd be 110 kilos. Yeah, but I have muscle memory to rely on. So if you're, you should be able to gain some serious size and strength and, and cosmetic appeal on that. But if you're not getting that, um, you know, you might want to question your source or your overall bodybuilding capacity because some people just are shit bodybuilders. It doesn't mean, man, it doesn't matter how much steroids they take, um, they don't get any results. So I think the cycle is fine. Primo should go up a little bit. And besides that, um, just keep kicking ass until you're freaking huge. All right, let me see if there's any member questions. I decided to go public right away because there were not so many questions on Patreon. All right. Marco Marcel, hello coach. How are you liking your trip so far? Okay, that's a good question. I'm, I'm liking the trip a lot, but it's very, very exhausting. Yesterday, I wanted to join the Think Big Bodybuilding Media live stream from Swiss. I couldn't keep my eyes open, dude. I was just sitting there with Skip Hill and Chase Irons and a couple other dudes on the couch of the lobby of the hotel, and I just started dozing off so i walked to my hotel which is about five minutes away and they did the live stream which i think they had about 50 people 60 people joined so that's about the same amount of people as now and they had a good live stream i think he's going to go put it public in a couple days because he still have a couple videos that he wants to post first but i i didn't make it so long story short uh china was a lot of fun we did a lot of rooftop bars a lot of drinking um i went to the gym twice the real gym i filmed that workout through a videographer which they assigned to me so i got all that footage and then next week, my editor is going to work on that to do a little bit of voiceover, um, you know, Sam Zulik style or, or uh, you know, what Matt August style, basically. And then make a little bit of a video vlog of uh, that gym. I didn't really do much vlogging in Beijing because when I'm with my buddy, he doesn't really want to be on YouTube. So we mostly catch up and have a good time. Uh, I see that the internet is going a little bit slow. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed the internet connection stays up. Right, we're in the hotel, so not really sure what's going to happen um so you know i didn't really do much vlogging in beijing but then again i didn't go to any of the sites i just went to rooftop bars and restaurants and uh, we played mortal Kombat one on his uh, uh beamer he's got like a little bit of a home studio set up a little bit home cinema so we played a lot of video games <laughs> i'll tell you that uh beijing was fun uh importation or immigration was a fucking headache took three fucking hours before i was even into the country and but exportation through immigration was a rather fast. Uh, the trip from Beijing to Detroit was 27 hours. I felt pretty broken after that. And I spent the whole day with uh, Scott McNally with the podcast. It's over on his YouTube channel, Think Big Bodybuilding Media. I'll link it down below if you don't forget. And um, let's see, we, uh, we wanted to go to the shooting range, but I was just simply too tired after that long of a trip. But we did go to the original powerhouse gym, which was very, very cool. So that's the OG powerhouse from Detroit. 
very big gym, a lot of cool equipment. We did a good back workout. I filmed that. That uh, short is on uh, Instagram, right? It's already posted. And then the next day we made our way to Columbus and I've been uh, hitting the ground running ever since, meeting a lot of people. We had the Swiss convention for two days. Swiss was a lot of fun. I'm happy I got to be able to be a part of it because I've been wanting to go to Swiss for years. It's been around for a very long time. Basically, all the best people, the smartest people in our fitness industry and bodybuilding community and anything that revolves around that um, are a part of that. So I always wanted to be a part of it, which I did. So I was able to be a part of the steroid panel, uh, which we filmed. I might drop a video about that in a discussion with Ken Kanaki to um, make sure that I got, don't cut into his revenue because obviously the entire weekend is filmed and they sell that through a membership site. So I might do a little segment of uh, the steroid panel and the presentation which I gave. And I also got to be a part of a steroid documentary, which is probably going to drop on Netflix in the next couple of months. So I was, be a, I was a part of that. Chase Irons was a part of that. And a couple other people that are here, they did a lot of interviews. So uh, made a lot of cool connections. Uh, a lot of future guests coming on for podcasts. Would stay tuned for that. Uh, surprisingly, half of my presentation asked, you know, which of you guys are following my YouTube channel. Half of the audience actually followed me, so that's pretty cool to see. Met a lot of fans. Met a lot of cool people in the fitness industry who also follow the Vigor Steve YouTube channel. So I had a great weekend. Uh, yeah, I had a great weekend. Yeah, it was fucking epic. And now we are here doing the Vigorous Q and A. Sorry, I couldn't give you guys. A little bit of a notice, but I literally just came off uh, a lunch with uh, Scott McNally and Victoria Felkar. And uh, I didn't want to miss that for the world because they were the ones who hosted me in Detroit and, of course, uh, you know, made all the connections for me to be a part of Swiss in the beginning. So that had to come first. All right. And now we're here. Uh, tomorrow I have Table Talk with Dave Tate on the Elite FTS YouTube channel. Again, I'll link it down below. And I'll post a. Uh, the story or post on Instagram so you guys can watch. It will be live tomorrow at 1 p.m. local time. So that's basically two hours um, earlier, right? So whatever time it is at your time zone currently, two hours earlier. And so the regular time that I would normally have the vigorous Q&A. So the same time, uh, no, no, yeah, the public one. Yeah, because I would do the private one an hour earlier. So uh, is it true? Fuck, man, these time zones are confusing. Anyway, uh, it will be two hours. I'll, I'll let you know, guys know that uh, when that actually takes place. And then after that, we're going to meet Chase Harris, and then I'm going to go to Las Vegas, and I'll take a fucking holiday because uh, I'm going to meet my wife. It's conception time again, and I, I wouldn't want to miss it for the world. <laughs> so, so far, so good. All right, let's see. Zubs. Did I mention miss any of the member questions? Hey, Steve, I'm taking four AOs growth from on a day to AOs pre-fasted cardio until you post-workout at nighttime. I deal with tingling and numb hands. Anything I can help to reduce that? Okay. So, um, you know, switch brands, switch to pharmaceutical grades because if you're using underground labs, then uh, the impurities might cause you to retain more water than is actually required. I don't think that 4IUs would give anybody carpal tunnel unless your diet's absolutely horrendous. You can mitigate some of this with taurine, right? Proper hydration, maybe telmosartan to uh, modulate your blood pressure. And that way you should be able to um, yeah, not have any tingling. I, I was able to use 12 IUs growth hormone or 8 IUs growth hormone without any numbness and tingling. And, you know, besides the gains, obviously. So, yeah, look into the total picture. All right, scrolling. Thomas. 
If you're trying to grow and use growth hormone for that, how would you implement a total of 400 IUs if you're using two to 400 milligrams to test with it? I would limit it to two to three IUs of growth hormone per day. There seems to be a synergy between every 250 IUs, no, every 250 milligrams of testosterone or any anabolic androgenic steroids that you take over the week for every one IUs of growth hormone that you take over the day. So again, 250 steroids per week, 250 milligrams of steroids per week, gives you one IU of growth hormone per day. So if you're using 200 to, uh, let's say 200 to 400 milligrams of testosterone, I would limit it to two IUs of growth hormone at maximum three IUs. Anything over that would be a waste. It would just give you fullness, but I feel that it doesn't contribute to additional hypertrophy if that's what you're after. So if you have uh, 300 IUs or 400 IUs to play with, that's basically at the max dose 133 days. And so it's four months, right? So if you run 400 tests for four months, you can use three IUs growth hormone per day and then finish the 400 IUs of growth hormone that you have. And if you're going to go with two IUs, then obviously that's 200 days. So that's how I would do it. Marcus, how would you coach, uh, coach, how would you dose cod liver oil supplements and do you think it's enough? To manage acne um i can't really remember what the concentration of the dose would be but i would limit it to a maximum of 10,000 ius vitamin a from cod liver oil and of course if you get a retinol vitamin a from other uh, food sources like beef liver for example or salmon um what else does it contain i think that's pretty much it right yeah maybe a little bit of trace here and there but it's negligible amounts so if you really go with cod liver oil and you don't eat beef liver um, then I would go up to 10,000 IUs retinol vitamin A per day, and it seems to keep acne at bay quite well. Um, could be like 2,000 milligrams or 3,000 milligrams. Again, I can't remember the concentration, and it probably varies from product to product. So please read the nutritional label and then adjust the dose accordingly. Thomas. If you said, you said, if you're just on test and an AI, would you just get E2 and lipid checks every month? How would this change if you add in 50, 70 milligrams strain? Uh, you check your liver enzymes as well and also your complete blood count. But complete blood count, you should check every three months, not every month. It doesn't change that fast. Usually the half-life uh, or active life of red blood cells is between 80 to 120 days. On average, it's like 90 to 100 days. So every three months, basically. So you can check your complete blood count every month. And on this uh, stack of test uh, AI and a trim, I would check E2, lipids, prolactin, and liver enzymes. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course, assist that and see to make sure that the train is not uh, killing your kidneys. But um, 70 milligrams trends probably okay. Matt Epton, what's up, buddy? Just stopped by to say hi. I wish you a wonderful day in the USA. It's a very wonderful day, albeit that it's fucking cold. It's fucking cold in Columbus. It's like, what, seven degrees? What's the weather here? Weather, Columbus. Uh, 13 Celsius, 55 Fahrenheit. It's brutally cold. I see people walk around in um, T-shirts here. I don't know how to do it. I'm wearing a jacket inside. <laughs> I can't stand this cold, man. I can't be, be. I can't wait to be in Las Vegas, Coach. So, what do you think about growth hormone while on contest prep? I think it's fine. You know, if you get extra diced, like really proper contest prep shredded, you don't even need to take it out. But let's be honest, most people don't get that far. They don't get to four percent body fat, so they need to cut it at two weeks out. 
and then maybe reintroduce it uh, one or two days before the show if they know how to do that properly. So I think that GH and contest prep is great. It keeps you full, helps with fat loss, um, and obviously a little bit with recovery and potentially muscle growth, uh, depending on how much steroids you're taking, what your, the rest of your protocol looks like. So um, you need to take it out when you're uh, either two weeks out and not sufficiently lean, but some guys can just get away with your running growth from one all the way into the show, and then they increase the dose to, let's say, 12, 18, maybe 25 IUs for additional fullness after um, a couple of days of carb load. Yeah. Now, if you don't know how to do that, hire a fucking coach. Roscoe, hey, Steve, I extract bo both my compounds into the same syringe before injecting. Is this okay, or am I diluting them, making them less effective? No, that's totally okay. Uh, assuming that they're oil-based, I don't mix uh, testosterone suspension with testosterone propionate, which is an oil-based, right? Water-based and oil-based, you shouldn't do that. I did that on my first cycle. I can't recommend it, even though nothing went wrong, right? I had this Zombon Winstrol. Uh, which is pharmaceutical grade, still available at the time, and testosterone propionate testolic, even though it's an ethyl oleate, which I would no longer touch nowadays, still pharmaceutical grade steroids produced in Thailand. So I had the Thai product and a Spanish product mixed into the same syringe, one cc test prop, which was about, uh, what was it, 25 milligrams, and uh, one cc uh, desmosombone, which is 50 milligrams, post-injection pain, insane. Yeah, insane. But if you mix oil-based, you can totally do that. It will absorb. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it doesn't dilute anything because the concentration is still the same. Unless one of them is 50 milligrams for one milliliter, the other one is still 50 milligrams for one milliliter. So you get an average of, uh, if you inject two milliliters, you get 300, 150 milligrams per one milliliter. Over two milliliters is still 300 milligrams per two milliliters. All right. Oh, I see that the internet drops a little bit. Well, we're going to make it work the best I can, guys. Fragrance man, can I expect insulin resistance from running 90 days of CJC uh, plus ipomorelin? Also, is taking berberine while on this uh, counterproductive? No, I don't think the berberine is counterproductive. I mean, it might lower your IGF-1 levels, but not to the extent that uh, metformin does. Berberine might act as a deep peptidyl peptidosphore inhibitor, making your insulin, IGF-1, and uh, growth hormone releasing hormone and all the other growth factors not be metabolized. Albeit that it's you know it's quite limited evidence, and I wouldn't say that berberine would have such a pronounced effect. I don't think you're going to get insulin resistance from CGC and ipomorelin and berberine, um, whether that's with or without the berberine, unless you eat like a fucking asshole, which you shouldn't. Right? You shouldn't eat like an asshole. You should eat like a bodybuilder or somebody part of the fitness community, so you can utilize all the additional growth hormone and uh, help you synthesize some new muscle tissue, fullness and potentially help with fat loss. So insulin resistance in this context is purely regulated by your diet, not by the additional growth hormone that the CJC and ipomorelin is going to help you excrete. Steve looking sophisticated. Yeah, with the glasses, I am. Uh, I get like five additional IQ points. Now I'm, now I'm at like 65. <laughs> yeah. Murad Jilma, Steve, you look happy, man. Nice to see you happy. Yeah, I'm usually happy, man. I'm usually happy, but this weekend was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's good to be back in the U.S. and actually meet people who watch the YouTube channel and uh, get some information from it. Because, of course, everybody in Thailand, they already know me and I, I hang out with them personally. Uh, they watch the YouTube channel, but how many times can I tell you that? But it's good to meet people, um, you know, new people that are following along and getting some benefits from it. All right. Brian Nasser, hey, Coach Steve, I'm meeting my ex within the hour to talk. Any advice? I left, but I want her back. 
Go go to McDonald's instead. Go to McDonald's instead, dude. What the fuck? She's an ex for a reason. Know some self-respect. You want her back? Fuck her best friend. Move on. Don't give me this crap. X for a reason. Billy Turner, what do you think about using veterinary carnitine? Um, I don't know, do it sub-Q, test out uh, the product, maybe 0.1 milliliter, 0.5 milliliter sub-Q, see if you get any redness, pulse injection pain, uh, if you start barking like a dog, or um, what do, I don't, I know the Dutch words, but yeah. galloping like a horse, so it's lived galloping. Uh, if you turn into an, a wild animal after running quarantine, then, uh, then it's obviously not for you unless you're into that kind of shit. But I don't think it's a problem with it, you know? But, dude, you can find so much pharmaceutical quarantine online. I even link that shit on my website. So, why would why go with veterinary grade when you can use pharmaceutical grade? Do you agree that beef liver is better than a multivitamin? Um, no. No, because beef liver doesn't contain half the shit that multivitamins contain, albeit that it does release slower. So, if you can't make up your mind, just take both. I like beef liver up to 30 grams per day and I like multivitamins up until two servings per day. But my multivitamin, the life multivitamin that I usually recommend is a three per day formula, but I take two. Why? Because I still take other supplements which might overlap with the multivitamin and I eat very nutritious foods. So if you go with a three per day formula and you eat very nutritious food and you have beef liver on top of that, why don't you take one serving instead of three? So you don't overdo it and you don't waste your money, um, you know, turning your pee into a very expensive uh, yellow color. Sleepy Joe. Fuck, nice thumbnail. Hey, brother. I, t I want to take oral acetyl of carnitine. I took a treatment of doxycycline three years ago and I get rid of the gut bacteria permanently. No, it, the, the bacteria that cause uh, TMAO formation can come back. I wouldn't worry about it. The, the amount of uh, times that I see TMAO on some person's blood work, I can literally count on one hand. You know me, I see a fuckload of blood work every single day. So I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't worry about it. The doxycycline that you took three years ago um, will have no negative effect on your gut microbiome now or positive effect regarding TMAO formation. I wouldn't worry about it, man. And otherwise, go do blood work, check for TMEO first before you do another cycle of doxycycline because you have to repopulate your gut microbiome after that. And repopulating the gut microbiome might also mean that you slowly get the bacteria back that contribute to TMEO formation. You know, so how much sauerkraut and kimchi and kombucha and sushi can you eat? Right? Just keep your gut microbiome in check, check your TMEO levels if you can check for it. And otherwise, go with injectable L-carnitine that doesn't pass the intestinal tract and cannot potentially convert into TMO or TMA and then TMO in the liver. Aaron Grid, what's up, buddy? I hope you're having a great trip. Yes, I'm having a lot of fun. A lot of fun. American food is great. Guess how many times I ate a cheesecake? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was I was I was very good with my diet. I, at Cheesecake Factory had an omelet, four eggs, with avocado and ham filling, and I told them to trim all the fat from the ham, so it's just ham, right? Maybe a little bit of cholesterol, but who cares about that? I do a lot of walking, and then I had some uh, potatoes, um, just steamed, boring, and then I had a, a plate of like three chicken, three chicken breasts. So that that was my breakfast. I think today I had some vanilla breakfast as well, and uh, we're trying to stay in shape the best I can. 
even though I did have a big cheesecake last night. So, yeah, yeah we'll just let's not mention that. Uh, oh, yeah, with that list yesterday with the Paul Barnett and Todd, Dr. Todd and uh, Chase Irons and Ken Skip Hill and uh, Colin. And who else was there? I'm forgetting somebody. The picture is on Paul Burnett's uh, Instagram. Fuck, I don't want to feel like an asshole, but I'm leaving people out. So, Big is actually. Oh, shut up. Just too much. Guys, where is it? Where is that picture? All right. Okay. So we have Colin, Justin Harris, myself, Skip Hill, Chase Irons, Dr. Todd, and Paul Burnett. Yeah, it was a good dinner. Yeah, a lot of steak. Nice. Anabolic as fuck. All right, Jake Applebaum. Steve, two questions on growth hormone. I am on T3 only thyroid replacement for Hashimoto's. Um, so that's what, 25 micrograms per day. And I'm wondering if the reason my sleep got worse on growth hormone, either one or two I use, is due to the increased T4 to T3 conversion. Yes, that could be the case. Yeah, it could be the case. Or because now you're on thyroid medication supplementation. Um, so let's say you take 25 micrograms per day and you still produce a good amount of T4 from the Hashimoto's disease because your TSH levels are very high, even on thyroid medication, uh, replacement dose that is. Um, it might mean that the increased amount of T4 that you have is now being converted into T3 at an increased rate by adding the growth hormone in. So maybe instead of 25 micrograms T3, three per day, you now have 50 micrograms. And that's going to worsen your sleep. So you got the growth hormone in, 1.2 IUs. I'm not sure which point of the day you take that, but maybe take that before bed to see if that improves sleep quality. And if it makes it worse, take it before fast cardio so you can uh, optimize fat loss that way. And then check your uh, TSH total free T4 and T3 and your reverse T3 and the uh, thyroid binding globulins and the thyroid peroxidase to kind of see where you're at. And then make the appropriate adjustments. All right, Thomas. Since you don't coach anymore, which coach could you recommend? I have $200 per month to spend on one. You can't get good coaching for $200 a month. What the fuck is wrong with you? Good coaches are $350 a month. All right, save that money, spend it on growth and coach yourself. People want cheap coaching. Fuck off, dude. What's wrong with you? Good coaches come for $350 and upwards, and really good coaches are $500. But the amount of questions that clients, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I stopped. People want the world for 200 bucks. Fuck off, dude. What's wrong with people? If you want a good coach, you have to spend the money. Really. Shit coaches are cheap, and you get what you pay for with coaching. You get one check-in every two weeks. So, no. Uh, come back when you have $500 to spend, and I'll recommend you some good coaches. And uh, guess what? This entire weekend, I talked with coaches who've been doing it for 15 years, and they asked me how to stop coaching. That's right. Yeah, I spent hours talking with coaches who have hundreds of clients, teaching them how to stop coaching. So maybe there will be a lot of $200 coaches available for you, but it's insulting that people actually only have that amount of money to spend. Spend it on growth hormone, dude. Really? Jake Applebaum. So it's just too much thyroid hormone in my cells or something. Any thoughts are appreciated? Yeah, so that's basically what I just answered. Could be too much. Could be too much. Darmine. I'm going to introduce HCG after using testosterone shipping for 10 weeks. Do I need those differently um, having been without it for 10 weeks? No, I would just start with 250 IUs to 500 IUs 
three times a week. Doesn't matter if you didn't use it for 10 weeks. Um, no, just introduce it. 250 IOs, start there. Maybe you need 500 IOs. It takes about two to three weeks before your balls are nice and full and testosterone production and spermatogenesis is really back up to par. And if that's not enough, after two to three weeks, bump it up to 500 IOs. I was running 1,000 IOs on cycle just to really uh, hammer it home. And look at my fertility levels after being off for 10 months. And I was off HCG for like a week and I, I dropped like 10 pounds. <laughs> uh, felt skinny this weekend. Let's see. Uh, Mora Jelmas. Does it make sense to use 15 to 30 IUs of Lantus throughout the year without a break on 21 days on 7 to 10 days off? Okay, so buy the insulin ebook. Read throughout the, the details on how to sustain insulin sensitivity. You can use insulin the entire year without taking breaks, unless you want to do a mini diet because you get a little bit of fat. I don't believe in taking 21 days on and 20, uh, 7 to 10 days off because it's not IGF-1. You don't lose sensitivity like IGF-1 does, um, which you can then also mitigate through the mini diet or dropping your IGF-1 levels um, you know, with metformin and then IGF-1 binding proteins and IGF-1 um, one levels in the bloodstream go down quite significantly. Uh, with Lantus, you can run it year round if your diet is fucking good. But if your diet is shit and you don't know what you're doing, you didn't buy the insulin ebook, then yeah, maybe you take two weeks on, two weeks off. I don't really know. I mean, you just, insulin is not for the, I mean, Lantus, dude, I, I've had clients that run for two and a half years straight at various dosages, up to 50 IUs per day. Sometimes 80 IUs, you know, depending on what they're doing. And they didn't lose insulin sensitivity. I have videos on this, you know, how to sustain insulin sensitivity, apple cider vinegar, uh, magnesium. Didn't I put that in the MK6? Go watch the MK677 video. Yeah, I have a whole list of how to sustain insulin sensitivity while using insulin or MK677. It will apply for both contexts. Just copy paste the entire supplement protocol and how I talk about 10 minute walks and going to bed hungry at certain uh, times. All right. It's all there, and otherwise, by the insulin ebook and how to, uh, you know, keep insulin resistance or how to sustain insulin sensitivity in the off-season ebook. And you know, might as well buy the entire um, ebook bundle. It's only 150 bucks. Uh, if you can afford Lantus, you can afford the ebook bundle. Yeah. Now let's have a little bit of water because we're going on for 30 minutes, right? And I'm starting to dehydrate. Brian Nasser, member for two months. Awesome. I don't know why I get this notification. Iron Grid, member for six months. You've got uh, Brian Nasser beat. Yeah, remember to subscribe and like. Don't forget, likes go a very long way in the algo. And since I'm swearing so much, we'll probably get demonetized. I'm really relying on your super chats. <laughs> America's not cheap, guys. I need a super chat so I can eat a cheesecake factory. <laughs> <laughs> What's the longest you would run cerebralizant for? I would say uh, one to two months at five to ten milliliters intramuscularly per day. Yeah, it's getting hot in here. Getting excited. Let's uh, let's strip these. You know what? I'm just gonna, just gonna turn this heater off. When I arrived back in the room, it was freezing, and that's kind of hot. So. Uh, the longest I would run cerebralizant is yeah up to two months. I think most of the Neurological benefits for cognition, calmness, uh, mitigating mitigating post-exercise, brain fog. I think that's maximized after a month and you just 
run it for another month because you feel so good. I'll run some cerebralizing when I get back in the US, assuming that my wife is pregnant. Again, I can't find any fertility data on it. And since I've been off the SSRIs now for, well, also 10 months, uh, no longer. I think I stopped cold turkey. You know, it's been a year. I think I'm uh, due for a round of neurogenesis. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, you can see I'm stumbling over my words all the time. So need to, uh, you know, get my fucking thoughts in order. So yeah, five to uh, five to ten milliliters for one to two months. All right, let's see. Where can I get watch the conference online? So I think Swiss has a website. I'll, I'll try to find it and, and post it here. And can I guess if I forget to post all the links after we're done? Uh, please remind me in the comment section. Uh, Swiss will have a website where the last twenty five years of lectures are backed up. I don't think it's like fifty to sixty dollars to access all of it. So. Um, I did tell them to uh, get in touch with a media team to kind of, you know, make shorts out of those little um, seminars so they can start promoting that through Instagram and then we can share it um, because they can get a lot more traction because I think this, this symposium can be like five times bigger with the proper promotion uh, throughout the year using social media. Right? This, this is an old guys convention. I was one of the youngest persons there and there were literally, besides Jacob, what is his name? Uh, let's see. Okay. Jacobs Harvey, right? He's also part of the Gorilla Mind team, works with Merrick Health, uh, jacked guys competing soon. He, I think he was the youngest guy there. <laughs> Jacobs Holvey, Jacobs Holvey, my bad. So he was probably the youngest guy there. Um, so it's mostly an old guy's uh, convention and people 30 years and older. Um, so they really need to adopt social media because um, that is basically the way going forward. Mads Vidal, face flare-up, dead skin whenever I'm on. Why is that? Um, could be that you're recruiting uh, too much vitamin E, right? And now you're uh, vitamin E deficient or slight or too much vitamin A. And then the face flare-up from the acne and the dead skin is because um, the vitamin E is not sufficient enough to combat that. So my initial reaction based on this would be to say get 400 IOS vitamin E from red palm oil or another high potency source the mixed tocopherols and tocotrienols should go well and otherwise you go one of the extracted toco tocopherols was the most popular one fuck i forget i'm stumping me here anyway whatever the most most the most popular one i think a red palm oil contains one of the the two in a higher amount and that seems to be the one that helps with you know skin quality and texture and that kind of stuff um i should use some of that myself my lips got very dry here in Columbus because it's so cold. And it could also be when you're on cycle, you use the synthetic carrier oils. This is what my presentation was about. Um, if you're chronically inflamed, guess what? Acne is going to get exacerbated because a lot of the acne is, of course, a, a state of inflammation. And when you're chronically inflamed, the inflamed acne is now double inflamed. And then you get those boilers. Yeah. So watch some of the acne videos that I have on my YouTube channel. And remove the toxic synthetic carrier oil, add in a little bit of vitamin E and perhaps vitamin A, and then within two weeks you should be pretty again ready to bang some hotties. Scott Mislinski. Scott, I got news for you. Uh, Scott McNally used one of your comments in his presentation. I uh, was he was talking about why you should start a podcast and interacting with the people commenting, and your name came up. I can't remember what you posted. But uh, you were a part of Swiss in uh, indirect capacity as well. 
Uh, do you think having a holding phase is necessary after bulking or can you go straight into a cut? No, I really like holding phase. Yeah, because keep in mind, after a bulk, a lot of that mass and weight and size is just fluff. And you need to fill into the fluff um, by holding it for like three to six months. So maybe you get up to 240 pounds, just arbitrary number as an example. Maybe you get up to 240 pounds. And then in the beginning, your 240 pounds is a lot of water, a lot of blood, uh, maybe some visceral fat or intestinal mass. Then you hold it to 40 pounds, you hold it, you hold it, you solidify your strength. You have like 12 workouts where you're hitting your PRs, just the same PR, right? Let's say you got up to 120 kilo bench, again, arbitrary number, just an example. You got up to 120 kilo bench, um, so that's 260 pounds. It, is that? No? Yeah, 260 pounds bench at 240 uh, pound body weight for an X amount of reps. Now you have to maintain that. Uh, training strength for three to six months solidify the weight you might be the exact same body weight but the amount of reps that you do with that weight and uh, you know how it feels in your hands and your shoulders and your other joints um, is significantly lighter and easier they can go into a cut a lot of people make this mistake they bulk up they go go into a cut they lose 20 pounds 25 pounds 10 kilos 12 kilos and now they're uh, flat also so they look even worse than before they started their bulk <laughs> so all this for a while man solidify your weight all right joe mama best no uh, username ever is there a way uh, if i'm monitoring my estradiol to run in long term for base um again i'm not for it and, and people mentioned this during the seminar here as well most people are not in favor of in because the scientific evidence is very limited only 100 studies or 86 studies as of now or last times i checked and it's not very conclusive not very conclusive so i'm not a fan of enclomiphene monotherapy long term uh, if you want to run it for post cycle therapy go ahead it's only four to six weeks uh, but for a year or two years straight you know why be a guinea pig you know they use hcg i, I saw dr khan's um uh, conference that's the guy that does stem cells in the gene therapy for love the athletes i'm sure you guys are familiar so i went to his seminar and um apparently next year in january they're starting a trial with gene therapy regarding testicular function to improve testosterone levels yeah it might put a lot of trt clinics out of the business if uh, that's going to be successful so I'll, uh, I, I pitched the podcast to him. Hopefully we can make that happen and uh, get him uh, to explain that here on YouTube. Um, I asked him like five questions and Eric Serrano asked him like 12 questions and he uh, gave very good answers. Uh, we really drilled him on uh, the potential of these uh, gene therapy and stem cells uh, research and uh, folistatin, uh, which is uh, apparently also uh, real now, right? Uh, limiting myostatin production, but it's apparently skeletal muscle specific. So I asked him, hey, uh, you know, is this also going to work on uh, cardiac muscle and uh, the causing, uh, you know, what is it, heart enlargement and organ enlargement and, and that kind of stuff, cancer growth? And he said, no, the formula that they have, it's uh, skeletal muscle specific. So fingers crossed, right? Very new technology. I was very happy to be a part of that um, seminar or that lecture. Um, and they're working on something where uh, TRT and enclomiphene monotherapy might be obsolete in as little as two years. Jake Applebaum, what's up, bro? 
I seem to hyper respond to water retention effects of growth hormone. Edema noticeably on 1.2 I use daily. What are your thoughts on the cause? Any suggestions to deal with it? So it's very likely that it's just the, the modulation of the renin angiotensin aldosterone system, looking to angiotensin receptor blockers like telmosartan, velsartan, um, or maybe even lisinopril might have a positive effect on water retention. Um, and, and see if 20 milligrams, 40 milligrams, or maybe even 80 milligrams of telmosartan can mitigate this water retention. And otherwise, it might just mean that your electrolyte intake is just shit. You know, I have videos and articles about this. Maybe your electrolyte intake is just very inconsistent. Like when I arrived here in Columbus, I, and or Detroit first and then Columbus, I dropped like 10 pounds of water. Right When I was in China, it was um, not as hot as in Thailand, but still you know, nice temperature. And then you come to Detroit, and I'm just freezing my ass off. And, you know, because my diet has changed, and I'm not eating as much sodium as I used to, because again, in Thailand, I'm a, I'm a sodium fiend, right? And a water fiend, I drink a fuckload of water, and I eat a fuckload of sodium with my meals. So you're sweating that all the time, but it, at least it's consistent. You still hold a little bit of water at the end of the day. But here... Sodium intake is down, water intake is down, it's cold. I dropped the HCG and the FSH for a week because I didn't want to bring that. But, uh, you know, friends, I have good friends. I have the best friends. Yeah, the best of times, worst of times, uh, but mostly for the best of times. So I'm able to continue my fertility medications. Uh, but in the meantime, right, sodium intake down, hormone levels down, uh, temperature down, I pissed out all the fluids. So my water retention was zero. And when you look at the pictures of Swiss, I look fucking emaciated because that's how dehydrated I was. Mm. So one cheesecake fisks that face nice and full again. Yeah. So uh, look into Thomas Sartan and keep everything consistent. Yeah, so you have to buy the, it's like a pay-per-view, right? So all the lectures are recorded and they'll be on the website over the next couple of months, including mine. But I, I, I'll probably... Um, have like a little snippet of uh, my presentations, um, you know, over uh, the weekend if uh, Ken Kanaki is okay with that. Salt and Caesar. All right, you posted something. Let me scroll where your picture, where your question is. Oh, here it is. Uh, since I started following you, my fitness journey has been amazing. Also, welcome to Columbus. All right, you're here. Good. Good. Did you go to Swiss? You should have come. <laughs> Thanks so much for helping, dude. It's, uh, yeah, for mentioning it. It's always good to hear that people are uh, getting a lot of benefits from watching the YouTube channel. All right, next one. Daniel OP. Steve, your take on testosterone terminal ratio for off-season and prep. 500 milligrams total for both. No, 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 no. Individual responsive best insights. Okay, so you can ramp up your test as high as you can tolerate, but the trend stays low. 50, 70 milligrams, maximum 150 milligrams per week. Ideally, daily subcutaneous microadministration so you don't get the crazy sweats or the crazy coughs or the crazy anger management issues or, or you know, the inflammation from the inflammatory prostaglandins. Um, and I would bring the test up. So if you have a thousand milligrams of steroids to play with, 930 milligrams test and, and 70 milligrams strain. That's what I would do in the off season. And prep, I would do maybe... I know, 175 trend at maximum. You know, we learned a lot since the old days. There's a lot better ways to run Trimbalone. I think a low dose, it goes a very long way. And if you need a super high dose, like 500 milligrams of trend, uh, you're just a shit bodybuilder. Like I was when I ran 1,000 milligrams of trend. I was just a shit bodybuilder. I didn't know what I was thinking or doing. So as arrogant as it sounds, um, less is more. Thomas. 
How would you supplement protocol change when going from tests only to test and a low dose strain? Uh, well, you focus more on kidney health, so the astragalus root extract is there. Um, you know, you modulate your blood pressure with telmosarts, and a test only is is very benign, in my opinion. You might you have to control your blood pressure slightly, but not to the point you have to do that on test and train. And you have to control your serum estradiol levels uh, with an aromatized inhibitor or another method. I think test only is probably the safest and the easiest cycle you can run. And test and train, um, you have to start looking into all of the ancillaries. So that's astragalus root extract for your uh, kidneys, uh, Sartan for your blood pressure, or another, um, you know, blood pressure management could be Cialis if you prefer. Uh, let's see, Tatka and, and N-acetylcysteine, vitamin E for your liver health and to reduce the inflammation. So train is strong. And even in a low dose, you need to make sure that everything is in place. Watch the year on supplement stack. I have explanations on why all those supplements are in there for particular reasons and just to piece it all together. It's not that difficult. Uh, this one we already answered. Much appreciated. It's still hot in here. Fuck. Time to take the shirt off so I don't turn into a sweaty mess. Oh, and this camera's way too close. Let's move this pillow too. I should guys should see the other side of this camera. It's a fucking mess. It's like a bomb exploded in this room. <laughs> All right. Roll up the sleeves. Now we're getting serious. Now it's time to answer some serious drug questions. Uh Steve, do you know K-Face Anavorbol injury policy? K-Face is shit brand. I would stay away from that. It has a sister company. Um, this is what this is one of those brands where I always uh, warn people about. Just don't use anything underground lab produced in Asia. Those people have no a fucking idea what they're doing over here or over there. I mean, America now. Um, stick with pharmaceutical grade, man. Well, uh, pharmaceutical grade Anavar is only available from Iran, but at least that is a high potency. So just throw that in the trash, dude. Respect your body. Stop touching underground labs. But it can't get anything else. Then you don't, then you don't run it. Uh, for MMA, what would a cycle to improve strength be without gaining lots of mass? I want to stay in my 165-pound weight class. Um, TRT? TRT, maybe some halo testing leading into the contest, but that's about it. You know, strength is, is um, if you want to stay in your weight class, you know, any performance-enhancing drugs that's anabolic and improves strength will also increase your weight. And so... Yeah, or you go and have very heavy stimulants to have an acute central nervous system effect and does improve your um, you know mind-muscle connection and your strength that way. But besides that, I uh, I would say maybe 100, 125 milligrams of test and maybe 10 milligrams, 20 milligrams halo test for two or three days leading into the into the fight or the, or the sparring session. But you can't take halo testing for more than five days out of the month. Um, because otherwise your liver health gets severely complicated and your weight will still shoot up. And of course, weight cuts on halo testing are even more difficult because of all the, the you know, the interactions with the mineral corticoids and the glucocorticoid receptors. So experiment during the time that you don't have to compete and make weights, see how your body responds and then, uh, and then take it from there. And you guys can run anything now, right? Because you saw that Arwada has uh, pulled the plug on, uh, on MMA testing, so win sweet swing what was that which movie was that swing <laughs> can't remember 
Uh, would you expect SMG to go down on ATD monotherapy? I did 1,000 IOs three times a week, then to 500 IOs, drop the test from 1,100 to 650. Yes, yeah, so half the dose usually means half the amount of testosterone in your system. Um, I think SMG monotherapy might increase SHBG slightly, um, but not to the extent that uh, enclomiphene monotherapy does. So I, again, it's 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 very, very difficult because you really don't have, or I don't have access to data of men switching from HCG monotherapy to enclomiphene monotherapy, or not that I can remember, and then have an accurate before and after of SHBG levels. So my SHBG levels, let me see. I did blood work before I left, which I'm not going to show because it has my full fucking legal name on there. And I gotta keep you guys guessing, obviously. I was the only guy under an alias. <laughs> so we're like, what the fuck is Victor Steve? What is your name? I said, well, my last name is uh, not known to keep my family out of the bullshit. Because the internet is a nasty place and I got to be one step ahead of everybody else. Where's this? Medical records. Uh, where was my ECG at? One second, guys. Uh, testosterone was 678, my SHG was 57, and my HCG levels were 26, so definitely pregnant. Uh, so yeah, that's just normal HCG levels for, uh, you know, that amount of testosterone, because it's endogenously produced. Estradiol was, where was my estradiol? I think it was like 38, yeah. No, unfortunately, I just live here. Okay, wish you the best, man. I gotta hit the gym. Salam. All right, I'm going to go to Metro, I think, later today. That's what the gym that Scott uh, recommended. Um, but I'm not sure. After this, I'm probably going to take a nap because I'm still dead tired. Uh, but tonight, I will definitely hit the gym. And then hopefully tomorrow, I'll go to Elite FTS um, early enough to hit a workout and then do the podcast. And then I'm going to go to uh, meet Chase in Chicago. MC, going to the Olympia, but weekend expo pass, ticket to Saturday night as well. How many hours to make it through the expo? There's the expo close. I don't know. Um, I think the expo usually starts to back down around three or four, although it might close at five or six. And then I think the night show starts at six or seven. Honestly, I haven't really looked into it. I'm just going by memory what happened last year. But of course, that was in Las Vegas, and this year it's in Florida. So um, show up early because most people show up early and then after that they hit the gym you know you get all the meet and greets out of the way and then they hit the gym and then they go to the finals or the, the pre-judging on friday so that's kind of like my schedule I, i'll be there all day at the booths and meeting people so if you see me just come say hi don't be shy just say what's up oh i'm glad to talk to anybody that follows uh, my youtube channel just like i did last year um on the second day i might lose my voice just like i'm losing my voice today a little bit but it's not as bad but last year i couldn't fucking talk on the second day <laughs> I sounded like a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, one of those guys that had the, you know, throat cancer and has to use the voice box. Yeah. <laughs> JFK Jr., what is his name? The, the One of the Kennedys. All right. Social Justice Warrior. Hope you're having an awesome trip. Yes, yes, I'm having a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun being in the U.S. Just for the refills, you know, when you go out to restaurants, you actually get a refill. First, you get a glass that's like this tall full with ice and then you drink that up and then would you like a refill sir yes 
and then another refill, another refill. So my wife calculated last year that you need three refills to get the your money's worth for the cost in Thailand. Because in Thailand, you get a glass that's like this tall. It's like for a child <laughs> with two ice cubes. It's, that's all it can hold. This much, but it's also, you know, mad cheap. So you get like a couple glasses. And here you get unlimited glass, but it's expensive. Do I have a bill here somewhere? No, I don't have. I think it's like five bucks, seven bucks or something for for Coke Zero. Insane. America is expensive though. I don't know how the middle class arrives here. All right, went through all the membership questions, and now we're going to answer uh, some questions I want to answer. Oh, and I see people just keep spamming questions, dude. Uh, time out. Time out. I don't know how many times I got to tell you guys to stop spamming the same question because it's fucking disrespectful. Then again, not everybody's smart. Are you using FSH? How expensive is it? Is it hard to store and use? Um, Yes, I'm using FSH, 75 IOS per day. How expensive is it? Um, I know, I have to have a look at the price list. I can't remember. Let me have a look. Let's see what the go-to guy AP, what he charges. On international prices. FSH. A uh, 900 IU pen is about $200. So 900 IUs, if you run that for, and that's before shipping and packaging. So 200 divided by uh, 900 times 75 is, six, is that $16 a day? Fuck. 200 divided by 900 times 75. Yeah. $17 a day is what I'm spending. It's more expensive than growth remote. Jesus Christ. <sighs> yeah, that's what happens when you want to get your wife pregnant. So don't worry, when I have kids, it's going to be more expensive. It's hard to store and use. Now you keep it in the fridge and use those screw on needles from BD Microfines. They're uh, universal. They work on all uh, pens, whether that's FSH or GH or insulin. And uh, you can buy those anywhere, even on Amazon. Oh, yeah, Wayne's World. Board young girth swing. <laughs> all the all the forty year olds know this shit. What's up, Steve? It's cool that you got to meet Chase and Paul. Yeah, the first time I met them in real life. So Paul is looking fucking jacked. Paul is like the he's like the white Tony Freeman. <laughs> he's bald. He's got a fuck lot of roundness and shape, and then he wears like a, a you know like a, a singlet, like a, a tight uh, shirt with uh, jeans and he's like it literally looks like uh, tony freeman you know and tony freeman was a little bit older paul's also a little bit older so he, he that's i should have told him that this i just reminded that he, he literally looks like a white tony freeman and chase um well uh, it's like when he moves the earth moves as well chase is fucking huge <laughs> we'll do a workout on tuesday yeah when i go visit him in chicago we'll do a workout in his gym and just go around and have fun and uh and then i'll fly out on uh wednesday yeah only only there for two nights one day 
unfortunately. But hey, I gotta meet my wife. It's been too long. So yeah, these people are fucking cool, man. Everybody's super nice. The entire team, everybody that I met, you know, this um, this bodybuilding community that we have uh, the, of the YouTubers is uh, all solid people. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's scroll a bit. Iron Grid, I've been handing out timeouts left and right. I use live chat, live chat is crazy. Full of random, even appropriate when I think I'm doing a decent job so far. Yeah, it looks good, man. That's work. That's work. I don't see too much bullshit. So as long as you can remove all of it, um, then please go ahead. Because it's just so much nonsense sometimes. Better than yesterday. When do you start coaching again? Offer me $25,000 per month and I'll, I'll gladly coach you. I just don't have the interest for what is offered. Even a mentorship at $3,000 a month, it's it's so intense that it takes time away from everything else. And financially, I don't need it anymore. Um, I make plenty of money doing other things. So things that are so intrusive on my personal time, I just don't want to do anymore, right? I'm, I'm going out to dinner with my wife and people want attention. And I'm, I'm spending time with my cats and people want attention, you know, and I can't figure it out. and. I have two clients left and that's it. Then I'm done. But if you want to bring me out of retirement, $25,000 per month, four month minimum, I'll gladly give all of that to my wife so I can justify it. And then I'll coach you. And otherwise, I'm just not interested. I've done it for 15 years. I, uh, I'm preparing to have kids and I want to give my utmost and 100% attention to my children, being a good father, um, a good parent, which is very lacking in this world. Um, and it also means that I have no interest in helping other people while I'm a parent. That's what Chad Nichols did as well. Right? He was a very popular bodybuilding coach. And then when his kids were between 1 to 15, he's like, fuck this. I'm not doing it. I want to give all my attention, all my knowledge to my kids. And, and look where his kids end up. I mean, they're fucking great athletes, you know. So now he's coaching again. Um, but I think he didn't want to miss the essential years, and neither do I. So if you want my absolute attention, $100,000 paid by Bitcoin. Otherwise, I'm not interested. Well, I've done it for 15 years. I've coached thousands, and it's time to move on. This is why a lot of the guys at Swiss um, Symposium asked me how to phase out the coaching. Um, you know, they want to do something else. It's too time-consuming. And then... Honestly, most people that you coach, they're not even appreciative of what you do, especially the competitors. I don't think you gave me enough attention. You know, dude, you're on stage. How can I talk to you? Fucking minutes. <laughs> All right, Bumblebee, I'm 33 years old. Total testosterone was 259 against for Destillier. Took took got Ali for a month. I got to 659 against for Destillier. Now, I'm playing, planning for self-prescribed TRT. What should I look out for? Um, didn't they just make like three, four videos about this topic? So go give those a watch. And I think all of your questions will be answered, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So good job on you uh, raising your testosterone uh, two and a half times. I mean, that's that's fucking good. So if you start with TRT, you want to uh, bring your testosterone from 650 to, let's say, 1,000 nanograms for deciliter. And I think you can get the done with 50 milligrams of testosterone in a day to Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 150 milligrams per week or cypionate, whatever you prefer. Uh, what should you look out for? Um, well, uh, your balls are going to shrink, but I have videos on that topic also. And uh, yeah, if you think 250 to 650 was uh, impressive, wait until you go from 650 to 1,000. 
Oh yeah, epic gangs. I hope you have five girlfriends because libido is going to be insane. Got to stream the chase workout. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to do, but we're going to stream that to his um, Discord and it's membership uh, sites or membership options. So um, this is class crooked or is my angle? Okay, anyway. Uh, yeah, so he's going to stream that, but we'll record that also and then we'll post it on one of our YouTube channels. Yeah. So we're definitely going to work that out. But I think that Chase is going to beat me in every exercise because I feel skinny. I mean, look at my shoulders drooping. That's off the Incrolex and off the HCG for a couple of days. <laughs> now there's nothing left. <laughs> so I'm going to do my best. Um, but I might be like a six rep uh, kind of guy. Unless I start eating cheesecake every day, then I can finally fill up. And Mark, could HCG be used instead of TRT for productivity? Yes, so we have HCG monotherapy, which I have a video about. And since the brain also has HCG and LH receptors, it might actually be uh, beneficial for cognition. Now, I can't say that this copious amount of HCG that I've been using for the last couple of months improved my productivity. Um, but I can tell you this, that without the HCG monotherapy, I'm certainly more, a lot more productive than I would be without it because I don't think I could function right now with the workload that I have and the training and the, you know, the baby making on a, well, 300, 400 nanograms per deciliter, which is where I ended up, I think it was 420 at the highest after I came off cycle last time without any fertility aids and at the PCT. So six, 700, 800, uh, versus uh, 300, 400. I'll take the HCG monotherapy. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Ooh. I think somebody just arrived to our hotel room and is dumping their suitcase on the floor above me. <laughs> Sounds like a bomb exploded. Uh, Thomas, do you have a video on implementing a mini diet? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Uh, let's see what it's called. If I type in mini and I get the video, you fucking you fucking idiot. You type in mini in the search function and you get how to design a mini diet to restore insulin sensitivity. Never become insulin resistant again. And I sit there with a fat face thinking about carbs uh, with one of those French uh, heads with a lot of baguettes behind. Yeah, it's, it's surprising that people just don't use the search function. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. No? YouTube has a search function. Andy, what's up, bro? What's up? Hope you're doing well. Hope everything is going nice. Now let's, let's start scrolling upwards. See is uh, if there's any cool questions to answer. Uh, uh, uh. Let's see. Genius Voskopoulos. Uh, will sublingual anifold make it undetectable urine faster? If so, how many days faster? Uh, not that I'm aware. Not that I'm aware. No, I think the detection time is still 18 to 21 days, depending on the dose. Um, and it's mostly the metabolites, um, which occur from the steroid 17 hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase enzymes and a couple other ones, and through, through glucuronidation. So once it's in the system, I don't think that the detection time is that different sublingual versus uh, traditionally used orally because the liver has a very fast turnover that's uh, i don't think any of the anivar metabolites are stored within um so i just assume that it's going to be a three-week detection time yeah mm -mm -mm. 
Steve, ask a question about where can I get free range eggs and meats in the Netherlands, Belgium? Did you see it? Uh, I think I got it from some wholesale provider at that time. So, uh, of course, I've, I haven't been living in Holland for 15 years. Um, so you're going to have to, uh, you know, consult with Google and look for a free range place for meat and eggs. Usually they have some farms in between the towns where they sell, uh, you know, this kind of products like half a cow or a quarter cow or just particular parts of the, uh, you know, cow that you can buy. It's all free range and, and but you have to order like 20 kilos minimum or 100 eggs minimum. You know, but it's well worth it if you're a bodybuilder because if you eat, you know, 10 eggs a day, you go through the 20, the 100 eggs in 10 days. And usually those free range eggs stay good for two or three weeks. So it's a no brainer. You go, you go two times a month or three times a month, you stock up. It's a little trip with the car and then you bring everything home, you freeze it in. So just, just use Google, start looking around. There's plenty of places and otherwise go to the local market I and mean, usually free range eggs there as well. Right, let's scroll down a little bit. Filippo's mm -mm -mm. Jim, when did Smack start working for you? I've been using the nasal spray for four days and I haven't noticed any increased concentration or caffeine sensitivity, like you said. Okay, that's weird. Um, I can't remember how long it took for me, but I noticed acute effects from Smax because it goes straight to the brain. So, um, and that caffeine sensitivity is long gone now. Yesterday, I had like 16 shots of espresso to keep me going insane anyway today i feel uh, a little bit more relaxed so maybe maybe it takes two weeks three weeks maybe you don't get the can uh, caffeine sensitivity maybe your synaxis is shit so what is your source philippe uh philippe's gym i know just look around maybe find try another product of smacks maybe it's the nature in transport i don't know but it should work quite acutely especially for libido if your hormone balance is optimal all right, let's see. Let's see, chat. I'm genetically predispositioned to blood pressure, heart case. I'm taking Tomasartan, 40 milligrams. I'm on TRT at the moment, 140 milligrams per week. I'm still elevated, giving myself an A on diet and cardio. What else can I try? Um, maybe increase your magnesium intake and calcium intake. Those helps with the dilation and relaxation of the arteries. Like if you're magnesium deficient, um, then it doesn't matter how much Tomasartan you take, your blood pressure is still not going to be optimal. So all those guys out there that just hammer on the Tomasartan and say that Tomasartan is performance science and drugs and it's the best thing ever, um, they're not smart enough to just give you a simple recommendation about adding in magnesium with every single meal. So how about you do this? You don't change anything to your TRT and Tomasartan, you add 100 milligrams to 200 milligrams of magnesium, this glycinate or glycinate, with every single meal and report back to us in a week. I'm sure it's going to be better. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be better. Make sure you have vitamin D3, vitamin K through the supplements that I recommend in my year on supplement stack. Um, so you have help with shuttling of magnesium from the arteries into bones and metabolically active tissue like skeletal muscle. And then start looking into your calcium intake as well, right? But you don't have a supplement calcium intake. You eat calcium rich foods like oatmeal, for example, or um, cottage cheese or a, a Greek yogurt for that matter, or uh, hydrolyzed casein uh, protein, right? It's full with calcium. So in that way, you can increase your calcium intake. Again, you need vitamin D3 and K1, uh, 2, MK4, MK7 to help with uh, you know delivery to skeletal muscle and bones. And once you do that, I'm sure your blood pressure is going to be just fine on that protocol. 
Uh, ah, and here we have the opposite side. Any tips on how to increase blood pressure? Currently 95 to 48. Okay, increase your sodium intake for blood volume. And that's probably going to fix it. Um, or, or take some of the blood pressure medications or masterone out. I mean, I see that you lift based on your avatar. So maybe you're jacked as fuck and just taking too much Tomasarta and a masterone, which is, uh, again, bad advice from uh, people who call themselves educators but are just dummies. Uh, so if your blood pressure is low because of that, uh, take the stuff out and add sodium in and, and your blood pressure should be fine. And maybe check uh, your heart function because maybe your heart is just not contracting properly, but I would refer you to a cardiologist to get that assessed. Hmm. All right, so he says, I did increase sodium, but it didn't help. Go do some imaging in your heart. Maybe it's not contracting properly. And he doesn't take any telomosartan or Cialis. Yeah, uh, go talk with a cardiologist. That's what they're there for. And I can't diagnose you over the internet, and I don't know what your full protocol is or your blood work results, so I would prefer you to a specialist. Um, would taking ACG daily help with hormone stability if it does, like it does for testosterone, does it work differently in that sense? No, you get the best hormone balance for yourself depending on the dose. And if you start escalating the dose upwards of ACG, you might get a disproportionate amount of estradiol because a lot of aromatization conversion occurs in the testicles itself. So ideally for spermatogenesis, testosterone uh, production and overall testicular function, I think 250 IUs, 300 IUs every other day or three times a week is more than enough. But if you go to 1,000 IOS ACG like I'm doing, then estradiol levels might be disproportionately high. Now, in my case, that didn't seem to happen. Um, but, you know, I'm old and my testicles were shut down for a very long time. Can you take ACG year-round? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. If you can mitigate uh, the potential for aromatization and keep your uh, estrogen in range. Again, it depends on the dose. Uh, that way you can get everything done. Let's see. Hey, Steve, I know research is sparse, but uh, what do you think the impact to neurodegeneration is from using cycles similar to what you all chase without training and how to minimize it? Um, well, I mean, you have clear evidence that nandrolone is neurotoxic and clear evidence that trimbolone is neurotoxic, but no clear evidence that some of the other steroids are neurotoxic. Simply, they haven't been studied in context. I think all steroids are neurotoxic, besides the fact that testosterone converts into estradiol, and through that fact, you get less excitotoxicity and more, more of a neuroprotective effect. So if you stick with testosterone and you use aromatase inhibitors sparsely to the point your serum estradiol levels are arranged but not crushed, and you know the conversion of testosterone to estradiol, estradiol is not inhibited in the brain to a max capacity, then you have less excitotoxicity and more neuroprotection through the conversion into estradiol. Um, you know, we'd have to see comparative study from steroids at particular dosage ranges compared to alcohol. I mean, alcohol kills brain cells <laughs> and neurons. So at, at least when you're doing a cycle, you don't drink. It, it, it's hard to tell. I, I think the data isn't there. The data isn't there, so we're doing the best we can. And, and of course, we also know that we can use some neurogenic aids like uh, cerebralized and SMAX or anything else that potentiates neurogenesis to maybe, maybe mitigate some of these negative effects. Um, maybe the net even would be the same if you don't take steroids. So you take cerebralized and steroids, 
but you're still basically baseline with the same amount of uh, brain activity and neurons uh, because now kind of you know you have the turnover don't know and i don't think we'll ever know because it, it would be studied and if it will be studied it will be in animal models and how much that, does that translate to humans i'm not really sure so basically the takeaway is don't don't use too much steroids <laughs> John Jones, I see 130 people, but only 62 likes. Yeah, liking it costs too much effort, dude. This is too much work. Steve doesn't need likes. He's got 100,000 subs. Yeah, I'm just going to sit here and watch. Mm -mm -mm. Let's see. Let's see, I've been taking nicotinamide mononucleotide recently and it's been a very good journey. I've noticed a difference in mood and energy right away that mitochondrial stack of yours is fire. Yes, even though the scientific evidence for NMN is kind of thin. <laughs> the white shell, the physionic, um, he has like a two hour video about how breaking down the scientific evidence of nicotinamide mononucleotide. And if you watch that video, you'll convince yourself not to take it because the scientific evidence is so thin. But what you can also do is um, buy one bottle and then run it for a while and convince yourself to buy another bottle and another bottle and another bottle. Because most people that I put on nicotinamide mononucleotides, especially the older ones, that demand a lot of their physical being uh, for work and uh, you know working out, they, uh, they swear by it. So sometimes the evidence is thin, sometimes the scientific community says that it's uh, useless, and then you buy a bottle and you're, um, yeah, you're sold, basically. So I've, I brought all the nicotinamide mononucleotide with me. Um, of course, my schedule is all over the place, but I, I can't imagine how I would feel without it, because at least I was able to ride out those two days at the symposium um, and then crash at the end of the day. Critical one, ancillaries with 10 milligrams anivar per day and 300 milligrams test, 300 milligrams primo. Uh, tatka for your liver. NAC for your liver. I don't think you need estrogen management. I don't think you need blood pressure management. And the lipids, well, fish oil with each meal, obviously. Uh, since bergamot, 500 milligrams in the morning and evening for your lipids. And a healthy diet. And then I think you're good. And do some blood work, you know, three months into it to see where your uh, lipids and estradiol and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. One month, one month, one month into this. Uh, where your lipids and, and, and metabolic markers are at so you can make the appropriate adjustments regarding your supplementation. Will your SCG will low, be low? Yes. Will your lipids be skewed? Of course. No amount of supplements are going to, um, you know, get that in range. If you find that your HDL is like 30 to 40, you get an increase of facial and the healthy fats. If you find that your LDL is 120 to 150, add in azetamide, but it's very likely that your LDL will just be 110. And I don't think you need to start taking azetamide to bring an LDL out that's you know 10% out of rank. So blood work will tell you how to proceed. Man, I'm getting sleepy already. I've only been going for one hour and 20 minutes. I should have another coffee later on. I woke up today at 10. I went to bed at like, I think, I think I was in bed at like 1230. And I had the wildest dreams. And then I woke up at 1030. So I slept 10 hours and I still feel like sleeping. But again, my schedule is all over the place. What time is it in Thailand? That's it. Oh, I can use the computer. 
time in no not the Netherlands to Thailand. 3 a.m. Oh normally I would do the vigorous QA like this, right? I don't know when my schedule is off. I need some modafinil. That's what I need. London a machina. BPC-157 and TP-500 dosing protocol for post-surgery. I have videos on this, but I'm still going to answer it for you. So if you're post-surgery, I would do one milligram BPC-157 and TP-500 directly around the surgery surgery area. So that's intramuscular or sub-Q, depending on how deep you want. Uh, not in the same syringe, mixed spots, but at least an inch in between. But if you can do it two inches, that would be better. That's every single day. Then you use topical palmitated GHK to heal the incision area. Go with 20 grams collagen type 1 and 3, uh, 20 grams that is, collagen type 1 and 3 twice per day, so that's 40 grams per day. If the surgery was on your tendons, you add in another 120 milligrams of collagen type 2 um, twice per day. And I think Gorilla Mind has a great uh, collagen supplement, so you take two scoops in the morning, two scoops in the evening, call it a day. It even has hyaluronic acid and vitamin C for collagen synthesis and deposition, so you got everything in one go, right? Vigorous codes will get you 10% off. And um, adding a little bit of growth hormone, one IU, maybe every 40 hours, multiple times per day for the utmost collagen synthesis and recovery. So again, one milligram BBC 157, intramuscularly at the side of uh, surgery. Same for TB500, uh, one milligram intramuscularly at the side of surgery. Topical palmitate GHK, maybe a couple times per day. Again, those are creams or, or liquids. So you just rub it on the area where you had the incision. And then one IU growth hormone every four hours. Yeah, that is how you recover. And please watch the you know how to recover from surgery video because I detail some more things in there, including Anavar. I think ten milligrams, twenty milligrams per day. Um, yeah, you might get some more ideas. So funny, everybody super chats me for videos that I already made, but that's okay. Uh, for anyone that's only on TRT, is having a single digit SHBG the cause for concern? Hemoglobin AOC is good, 5.2. Well, how's that related to SHBG? <laughs> you want to show that you've been uh, dieting well? Uh, I'm not sure why it's so low. Any benefit trying to increase it? So it's probably the injection frequency of your testosterone replacement therapy. So if you're doing daily micro-administration, sub-cure intramuscular, why don't you go to three times a week so you have a little bit, of, a little bit more conversion of testosterone into estradiol? Estradiol will increase the SHBG production in the liver, and you have less consistent influx of androgens, which will lower your SHBG. Uh, check your thyroid hormones to see if those are not low or skewed, because thyroid hormones, when you're on TRT, um, might bring your SHBG levels up if they're you know, in sufficient levels. So if your TSH is super high, but your T4 and T3 levels are low, maybe there's an issue with your thyroid. And this is another reason why your SHB is low. And otherwise you could consider, you know, a lot of T4 supplementation, which will bring your SHBG levels up quite a bit. And otherwise, ectosterone, uh, turkesterone, serms, and I have a video about how to increase your SHBG levels um, also. All right, I'm gonna go for 10 more minutes and I'm gonna throw in the towel, because I'm uh, getting fucking tired. Next weekend, we'll have a normal vigorous Q&A because I'll be in um, Las Vegas. So let's uh, let's commit. All right. Let's let's commit. Pinky swear. Pinky swear me, guys. Next weekend, Saturday, 28 October, same time that the vigorous Q&A Q is always. Because, of course, last weekend I missed it because I was in China and the VPN um, 
well, abysmal. And uh, I should have done it yesterday, but I had a Swiss symposium. And next weekend, I'll have, uh, yeah, I'll be rested, and then I can do it on Saturday. Same time as always. All right, what is this? Uh, we answered this one already. But today I'm kind of tired because I've been, uh, fuck, I've been running around talking to people. I was told that having a high hemoglobin A1C couldn't decrease SHBG. I'm not sure how accurate it is. I mean, maybe indirectly based on your uh, carbohydrate intake, right? If your metabolism is stimulated to a certain extent, carbohydrates can decrease SHBG. But then again, you know, metabolism goes up, which can compensate for that. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bit far-fetched, I would say. I would say. I would rather look, check your thyroid hormones and see where you're at and then make the adjustments. How high are the chances of hypothalamus uh, tumors when shutting down the testes brain axis? You mean if you take testosterone, you get a, th a, a, a hypothalamus tumor? Um, I know. I don't think I've read anything in scientific literature or ever met anybody who had a hypothalamus tumor by taking steroids. Never. Never heard about it, never read about it, never known anybody that had that. People who have pituitary adenomas uh, might have an increased LH and FSH level or increased HCG level and then get issues downstream. Maybe a, a testicular cancer because LH is like 35 milliliters per milliliter year-round because the uh, adenoma just keeps pumping out pituitary hormones. Or thyroid cancer because HCG levels are chronically elevated to like a 500 milliliters per uh, liter, anyway, 500, like chronically elevated for years. And again, ATG uh, can interact with the, the thyroid hormone, right? Thyroid stimulate now. Uh, oh, what was the name of the receptor? Anyway, the receptor is thyroid stimulating hormone receptor. Is that the one? Anyway, ATG can interact with the same receptor of TSH. And then if that's chronically elevated from a pituitary adenoma, then you might get thyroid cancer, right? And then people try to spin that. If you use a thousand IOs ATG, you get thyroid cancer. I don't know what to do about these science Nazis, man. Right? The, so many guys who lack like actual, real, tangible experience. They coach for maybe six months. And if that, they had like one consultation a month. You know, and then they, they read into the scientific literature and they try to spin it in a way that everything is horrible and gives you cancer. These guys, dude. Listen to guys who have experience and use scientific evidence, but also understand that scientific evidence is very, very limited to the point of what we do. So the 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 short answer to your question is no. Don't worry about it. And otherwise do an MRI in your brain. Uh, Alex Carrera, do you have any thoughts on methylene blue? Yeah, it looks very promising. I included it in the optimized endurance deep dive part three which is discussing the mitochondria and while we're on subject part six will drop tomorrow which will be the last part discussing uh what the fuck it's been it's been two weeks since i recorded it <laughs> what are we gonna discuss slight side tangent alex one second i'll get to your question all right what are we gonna answer tomorrow uh, tomorrow we uh, we have uh, diisopropylamine dichloroacetate data for ATP synthesis. Uh, Carterine, I'm sure you guys are all familiar. Myo myoinositol tripyrophosphate for increased hemoglobin, uh, oxygen affinity, and atromethamine, which I never heard anybody use, but apparently it's being used. All right, 
never really talked to anybody who's used it, but I heard some protocols through the grapevine. So we have four more protocols, and that's probably going to be the last uh, thing. So methylene blue looks highly, um, methylene blue looks highly uh, promising. Um, I initially mentioned dosages between like 10 milligrams to 100 milligrams per day, but since then I've done consultations with guys who run 100 milligrams of methylene blue per day to improve um, endurance, and their hematocrit and red blood cells kind of literally plummeted. So I would say that the effective dose is 2, 4 to 25 milligrams at maximum, again, depending on your body weight. But it's, it's, it's apparently very potent for mitochondrial function, cognition, and overall sense of well-being, and even endurance to a certain extent. So um, I would experiment with methylene blue after my wife is pregnant. Again, no scientific literature to say that it's good or bad for fertility, so I'm just going to abstain. At least with the incorrect, we have some scientific literature that it shows that IGF-1 deficiency might help with fertility, and I've done my fertility after being on Incrolex, and it improved even more. So, yeah, yeah it was a good run. Good run. So, I, I, I'm uh, all for methylene blue, but I haven't tried it myself. But are you still icing your testicles? Uh, not since I've been to the U.S. Um, yeah, but Columbus is cold, so I think that helps. Maybe, um, but I did it in Holland. Yeah, I think this this month and the month after is going to be difficult for conception because I'm all over the place and I skip my fertility meds and I'm not icing my nuts and my diet is all over the place. Right? I'm, I'm trying to eat as healthy as possible, but you know, living out of hotel rooms and just running around all the time, uh, making connections and, and doing uh, sightseeing, um, don't expect too much out of me regarding my body composition and my overall bodybuilding journey. For that, you just need to be home. And, uh, you know, like with the Swiss symposium, you're like, you know, should I go to the gym or should I network some more? I'd, I'd rather network some more. All right, where are we? What are your opinions on getting meat from Albert Heijn? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a grocery store in Holland. That was fine. That's where I used to get it, but I prefer to get it from wholesale because wholesale is way really cheaper. Yeah, Albert Heijn is kind of expensive. But they do have a good selection of uh, meats. All right, guys, we're going to throw in the towel. I'm fucking dead. No more super chats. So nobody squeezes one in. All right, let's uh, let's uh, throw it in, guys. I'm uh, kind of getting tired. So I'm going to take a nap and then go to the gym. And then uh, prepare for tomorrow. Because tomorrow I have a two and a half hour podcast with Dave Tate. And that's going to be... Uh, that's going to be a long one. All right, guys, peace out. Enjoy your weekend. So next weekend, we'll just do the vigorous Q&A on Saturday because I'll be in Las Vegas, and I remember the, inter the internet at the hotel that I stayed at last time was actually quite good. So, um, yeah, I think that's not going to be a problem, and I'll set up the same setup. Hopefully, the light will be a little bit better, and then we're going to answer some proper questions. Hopefully, I'll have a couple of days of rest, and then we're going to kick some ass. Yeah? Take care, guys. I'll see you next weekend. Couple more videos dropping next week. Stay tuned. And after that, I'm not really sure what's going to happen because I'm all out of content. So <laughs> hopefully I can vlog a little bit. All right. Take care, guys.